Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 68 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is the website builder platform for IT business owners. Get a clean, effective, and professional website up and running in an hour or less with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. On this episode, Paco and I dig into the Computer Business Marketing Facebook page to chat about the topics that are on your minds. Should you have video on your homepage of your website? Are business cards still a thing? Plus, Paco and I talk a bit about focus and the myth of multitasking, all that and so much more. Coming up right now. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page. Click on the following tab and select first, select C first so that the live stream will jump on the top of the feed. Yep. And we love seeing you guys in the live stream so that we can interact with you and answer your questions and uh, see how your children's books are going. So it's uh, always a a good time. Um, So uh, welcome to another edition of the podcast. Uh, Today, we... um, (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and share my frustrations a little bit and vent a little bit because running a live show, is it's tough when guests cancel on you and it's happened to us twice twice in a row now, two weeks in a row. Um, and, uh, you know, I think part of the, part of the issue is these, uh, both of these guests are people that I didn't really have any kind of relationship with beforehand. So they're folks I, I found through friends of friends or through podcast guest services and um, and they're people that I didn't really know beforehand. Um, so sometimes it's easy, you know, for, for those types of guests to cancel on you because there's really no skin, in, no, you know, they don't have any skin in the game. Um, but of course, you know, it's frustrating uh, with the live show. Uh, and both of these guests canceled, you know, less than 24 hours before the show was scheduled to go. So, you know, um, I just didn't, we just didn't have a chance to scramble to find someone to, uh, to fill in. Uh, but that's okay because we, <laughs> believe me, between Paco and I, we have lots of thoughts around marketing, lots of tips, lots of experiences, lots of uh, uh, mistakes we've made. Um, so we're going to do that again this show. This show, we're going to uh, actually take the opportunity to jump into the computer business marketing Facebook feed and take a look at the uh, the latest posts in there and then kind of give our thoughts around them and, and talk about them. Uh, I think this is great because this is based on, on your guys's, you know, feedback, your guys's uh, struggles or questions or wins or experiences. Uh, so we're going to take some of those real world scenarios that folks are talking about in the uh, Facebook group. And we're going to, um, you know, chat about them here on the show. So this should be a good one. Uh, uh, Lots of different topics that we're going to touch on and lots of different ideas, um, and we're going to just have some fun with it. So looking forward to diving that diving into that uh, with uh, my co-host here, Paco LeBron. How you been, Paco? Better than I deserve. Can't complain. Things have been well. Good, good. Um, we had an interesting week 
We had a couple of migrations. We are going through our transitions from our previous RMM to Synchro. So we are basically not only updating the RMM, but we also are updating our AV. So basically they have an integration with Bitdefender. So we've had a couple of hiccups on the Bitdefender side, but the guys over there been on it. They took care of everything and um, starting to work with all that. So, so far, so far has been pretty smooth. And then it's been helping with not only my marketing, but it's also been helping me with my, um, with my upsells. So I've been getting a lot of uh, alerts that of bad hard drives. And so I'm now letting them know, Hey, we got to get these hard drives replaced for my ongoing clients. And then alternatively for a client that I had, where they run a custom tailor suit place. And the guy's been in business for many, many years. The issue is he's been in business for many, many, many years. So he unfortunately has a system where it's not the greatest secured. And, you know, as everyone knows, if you're breached, you got to pay the 250 per person for identity theft and credit monitoring and all that. You know, and this guy has well into the thousands of clients that he's serviced over the last 60 to 70 years. So, and it's been like a family wow. trade business. Yeah. So yeah. I've been trying. So with Synchro, that's been able to help me just throw some of those agents on there, monitor some things, and then they're going to be doing uh, my understanding of move soon. So I'm hoping to uh, kind of get some uh, going from there. But um, as far as the other stuff that we got going on, we did a couple of network setups. Really quick. Uh, Krista is asking uh, if you don't mind sharing, what did you use before and why did you change? And I think you might have touched oh, on this. Oh, Krista, that would, she would <laughs> say that. Um, so I was using Ninja RMM, the, and I was using Malwarebytes Cloud Enterprise. So the reason why I switched was nothing bad on Ninja side. It's just that I've been in the PSA system for four or five years with Repair Shopper. So when they migrated over to um, the Synchro platform and they combined their RMM platform into it. It just made more sense for me to get my automations and get everything automatically done. As far as why I'm switching AVs from Malwarebytes Cloud to Bitdefender, I cannot get the price point that I had with Ninja, which was at a very good price point, to going directly with Malwarebytes. That's just a relationship Malwarebytes has with a lot of the RMM providers. And I just, I'm unable to make that cost work to go directly. So I switched to uh, Synchro and Bitdefender, which Synchro offers Bitdefender at about a dollar an endpoint. So I can't really go wrong at that point. So that's that. Um, we did a couple of network setups this week, um, which I'm really thrilled about because we had a client that had a lot of internet and Wi-Fi issues. And what we were able to do is put in our own stuff. So we put in an Arachnus router in there. We put two open mesh APs. And now I'm able to see what's actually happening. And what was really d difficult was because we were dealing with an internet provider that was an independent reseller. So it wasn't like RCN, Comcast, anybody like that. The biggest issue that we had was every time we had an issue, they couldn't use the Wi-Fi. I had no visibility into their equipment. So every time we open up a ticket, reboot the router. Check it out. It should be good now, you know, and it was never anything specific. Now I'm able to have the open mesh uh, cloud tracks to set it to um, look at it and also go through any type of just routing to see what's going on. 
And what I did learn is they sure love to stream a lot of uh, videos and Netflix. So, <laughs> and apparently they have all their uh, iPhones, tablets, laptops, all this sort of stuff that's connected. So I've been blocking MAC addresses uh, like nobody's business to free up the network. So, right. And then we had a really good one, which I actually contacted you, Matt, for, which was I had a client that their site was compromised. And what was happening their is website. their website, correct. Uh, what did I say? You just said site. So maybe people. Oh, were okay. Yeah. Like, sorry. Yeah. So their website was compromised. So we went through all this rigmarole trying to figure out what was going on. And finally, you know, and it turned out the WordPress developer was as confused as a termite in a wooden yo-yo. So we ended up <laughs> having to go ahead and I called you um, just to get a better idea of like what could be the best option. So what we did was, you know, the company you've mentioned before, Securi, S-U-C-U-R-I.net. You know, they're the best in the game. They went ahead. We got them all set up. And from my understanding, everything is good to go. Um, but since I'm not the WordPress developer, nor do I handle any of that, that's all to them. So um, that was a good uh, layup because that helped us out to understand what was going on. And we had a point person we can go to as far as the service versus hiring like a WordPress security advisor or something like that. That was like going to be like uber expensive. Right. Yeah. And I found with, um, you know, sites getting hacked similarly to a computer getting hacked, um, it, it, it can, it can really dig its claws into your, your, your files and it could be really hard to, to, to track it down, um, uh, manually, um, and, uh, and even, um, you know, certain scanners will miss stuff. Like, you know, we're talking different antivirus tools or different, different, uh, virus scanners can miss certain things and not find certain things. And, um, and, uh, so, you know, it's, it's something that I used to do, but now I just, uh, you know, I have a couple trusted services like security that I'll use, um, because, you know, when you go to a specialist, they do nothing, but remove website malware. So they know all the tricks, they know where it's hiding, they know um, all the things to try and they've got a guarantee. Uh, so, you know, they'll remove it and then it'll stay removed for a certain amount of time. Um, so that's kind of what I've, I've, I'd rather spend my time doing other stuff than hunting down a virus and removing it uh, from a website. So that's kind of something to keep in mind also with, uh, you know, computers uh, in general you know, if there's something like removing viruses, it maybe just isn't your cup of tea or takes too long. Um, there's, you know, talk to folks in the community and find out who is like a guru at uh, removing viruses and, and that kind of thing. And then partner with them and, and refer them off or white label their, their services. Um, and uh, that's a good, good lesson there. Yep. It's uh, it was definitely an interesting dilemma that we ran into, but glad that we kind of got it all sorted out for them. Do you have any other news? There are some other things we're doing in the background, um, IT related. Um, we've talked about it in another shows, but essentially, um, we're revving up on some stuff in the background. Uh, once details come out more, um, I can share a little bit more for those who don't know what I'm talking about. They know where I'm at. They can go to those places to figure out what I'm talking about. But outside of that, that's kind of what we just been, my week has been com consumed of. Paco has many double lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I uh, I sideline with uh, another network called uh, Podnuts. So, um, which uh, I think I may have mentioned this already before, but I my show that I was on over there, which was called Tech Night Tech Life, which was formerly known as Podnuts Daily, 
Um, I am planning to sunset that epi- that show. So I have eight, eight episodes that are coming out and then that'll be it for me for that show. So I am trying to figure out when I'm going to start kind of plotting them out. I think I'm going to start probably in in the beginning of November and then all the way down to the new year. And the main point of that show was just to give a, a more transparent, transparent look at a IT business owner who was part-time working in corporate America, transitioning as a full-time business owner and kind of hit the bumps and bruises and kind of see what's going on. And then my plan is for the last episode is to reveal quite a lot that's happened in the year because I wanted to hold off on those, which were pretty big deals that happened to me specifically personally and in the business and how I was able to take care of that from the beginning of the year when it happened to me all the way to the end. Um, So hopefully it'll be a good transparent idea for those that are trying to figure out if this is for them. They'll have an upfront close perspective of what to expect. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, I look forward to see what you guys are are putting together, what you guys are scheming and coming up with. (laughs) It's not a scheme. It's just a different (laughs) flavor of something we're doing. It's, you know, we're very, we've been very transparent about what we're doing. There's no, uh, you know, we just want to do something different. So. Excellent. All right. So, uh, so yeah, I got, got this new computer set up and, uh, spent most of the day today, uh, setting it up and then kind of, you know, reinstalling things and figuring out what I needed to set up. And, uh, and it's a good, you know, it's, it's a good practice to kind of start from scratch with a new computer because then you realize, you know, the apps and the programs and the services and stuff that you really need. Uh, and then you just install them when you need them. And then the stuff that you might've installed before that you never used just doesn't get installed again. So it's a kind of a nice way to start fresh, uh, and figure out, you know, what, what really matters. And one of the kind of different approaches I'm taking is last time, um, or, you know, up to recently, I had been really focused on keeping all of the services I use in browser. So, you know, like project management with Trello, um, my tasks with Wonderlist, uh, communications with Slack, uh, Google Docs for most documents, um, and email, of course, and all that stuff. I tried to keep in browser because to me, uh, it, it was easier to transition to like my laptop or to the phone um, if I'm traveling uh, and still be able to use everything because it's all in browser, it's all in the cloud, uh, whatever. Um, But what I found over time was that um, when I start using things in the browser, it's really easy to get distracted by other things in the browser, like, you know, Facebook, for example, or even email. Um, I'm finding that I just, I can't have email open all the time. I need to open email process emails, close email, and not pay attention to email until the next time I need to check email. Um, Otherwise, it just keeps pulling me away from doing work, especially when you're juggling um, a few different businesses and a few different projects. Um, You can't make any headway in any of them if you keep getting distracted. So um, something I'm trying now is I'm still using these cloud apps, but I'm going to um, use them... uh, the windows app version of all of these, uh, on, on the native desktop and windows, uh, and not in the browser. So that way, um, for, for a lot of stuff in just my day to day work, I don't even have to open a web browser. I can just open the apps I need kind of old school, right? <laughs> like, like we used to do when we, when we were work on a computer and we just open the applications that we needed to use. And, uh, I wanted to get away from that, uh, to, to be able to travel between computers and stuff easily. 
But now that these cloud apps have desktop versions that sync to the cloud um, seamlessly, uh, it's it's a lot easier to be able to to, to do that. So um, so that's kind of the approach I'm taking now. Is I'm just installing the Windows app version of all of the cloud apps that I use, um, and this kind of springs from a book I've been reading called uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport. Uh, and this is a good book to read if you um, feel like you're getting too distracted or you feel like there's not enough time in the day to accomplish all your business tasks. You find you're doing lots of stuff in the evening or on the weekends. Um, and this talks about um, you know uh, what deep work is, which is really just basically spending you know a good chunk of time, whether it be an hour or two hours, However long you can you can spend to focus on one kind of high level uh, intellectually challenging task, uh, and that that is better you know a better use of your time than jumping between email and trying to multitask and and you know uh, servicing clients and then fixing computers and doing all this stuff at the same time. Um, uh, so so that kind of prompted me to to try this out and see how it goes and. Uh, and I'll let you know how how do you kind of structure your the different services you use? Are you are you more of a browser guy or are you you more of an app guy? Yeah. So it's some it's funny you talk about this because what I was trying to do before was actually retire a lot of my Win32 apps for the Windows Store apps. Mm-hmm. Um and then and just start using those. And then integrations aren't as easy to work with sometimes unless they have a cloud component to it, like kind of what you were talking about. Right. A majority of my day is usually done in the cloud and it's usually through a browser. Um, I usually like, you know, my CRM, my ticketing system, my marketing stuff that I got to do. Um, pretty much, yeah, pretty much everything that I do. My, my, even my down to my VoIP phone, you know, I don't have a physical phone. It's a, a soft phone on my uh on my PC with my headset that I have which is a Jabra Pro that connects to pretty much my cell phone, my uh PC and my if I had a LAN phone it would go to there. Um and I'm using Vonage right now but not really too keen on them right now. They're kind of on my my list. <laughs> so I think I might be going back to 8x8. So we'll see how that kind of goes from there. Cool. Yeah, um yeah, so I'm I'm going to see how this works uh and you know especially like some of the stuff I do, you know, web design and web coding and stuff, you really kind of have to dig in and if you if you try to just do it in 15 minute chunks, you can't really get anything accomplished versus, you know, spending, you know, a good 2 hour chunk to just knock out the whole thing. Um and and you you know, you produce according to the book, you produce better results and you're able to then switch to something else a lot easier. Than if you were doing like fifteen minute chunks here, there, here, and there, here, and there. So what's what's good? What's interesting about that is so I keep all my to do list on Google Keep. But so two things: one, I've heard that to better do your to do list is to put it on your calendar, like what you just said. Um, but instead of doing it in five in fifteen five minute intervals, they say to do it by the minute. Mm. So if you because apparently if you really want to get the most out of your day out of an eight hour day. If you plan it by the minute and if you don't do it in half an hour, hour chunks, but if you do it down like, okay, this task, I don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to update my, my uh, blog posts. Some people will put 15 to 30 minutes, whereas I'll put 10, eight, 
you know, because I've timed myself or I figured out it's going to take that much time, it allows me to fill out the calendar a little bit easier. Hmm. And especially with Calendly, um, with the 15 and 30 minute increments of those systems, it'll give me a little bit of gaps in between right. so I can fill it with something. So for those that are just trying to figure, like you said, trying to get the most out of your day and figure it out, if you have a big to-do list, maybe putting it on your calendar may help you out. Yeah, and that's, that's actually something this book talks about, um, that specific thing where you should have your entire workday you know, charted out every minute of the day should, should be purposeful and, and be scheduled. Um, and then he also talks about, you know, how you're, you're of course going to get interruptions and plans are going to change. And if that happens, if you get interrupted or you have to work on something else that you didn't plan on, once you're done with that, go back to your schedule and replot it out based on what just happened. You might have to take some stuff off the end or rearrange some things, but, um, but, continue to keep that schedule um, going uh, because that really avoids, that helps you avoid getting distracted and getting, you know, look, getting the shiny object syndrome and just going where, where the, there's the most, you know, shiny lights that are trying to grab your attention. Um, and it's horrible multi trying to multi, because it's been right. proved it's scientifically proven. You can't multitask, right? You can switch between things very fast, but you can, or your mind can do, it, but you multitasking is a myth. Right. And, Exactly like you say, I'll be working on something and something pops up like, oh, I got to go ahead and take care of that. And I'll be down three other rabbit holes and come back and say, shoot, I didn't get a chance to do the original thing I was trying to do. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we could spend a whole <laughs> whole episode talking about this stuff. Um, and we have before, I believe, and we probably will again. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I'll put a link to, to Deep Work in the show notes. Um, and uh, And so you can check that out. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, jump into um, the the sponsor message. So the sponsor for this week's episode is Tech Site Builder, and Tech Site Builder is the place you can go to get a website up and running for your computer or IT business. Uh, it's a clean, professional designed website that you sign up for, and then you can build it out on your own, um, or you can ask us to build it out for you. And really, the the benefit and the purpose of Tech Site Builder is to take away the frustration of, first of all, choosing a web host, uh, choosing um, a theme for WordPress or installing WordPress, uh, and then figuring out how to configure the theme, and then trying to find the plugins you need, and then trying to find figure out you know which pages to create and what to put on each page, and that can take hours, if not days, of your time. Um, avoid all of that with a system that's set up for you from the beginning. You just need to log in fill out your information, add some pages if you want, add a blog post here and there if you want, um, swap in your logo and it's ready to go. Um, some people are able to get their Tech Site Builder site up and running in an hour or two. Um, and really, you know, to start out, that's all you need, right? Just an effective business website that has your info, gives, makes it easy for people to contact you. And that's, that's another thing we focus on is making sure your contact info is front and center, making sure there's a contact form on the homepage, and making it so that information is easy to find, and I think that's that's something that a lot of that's a trap a lot of people fall into when they're building their own website is they want to cram a bunch of information down the visitors' throats, and they want to uh, pack as much you know text and stuff everywhere, um, or they don't put enough information, and it's just like a huge image with a button, uh, and that doesn't give people enough information about what's going on on the website, what your services are. So with TechSite Builder, we try to strike a balance between clean and uh, and 
uncluttered, um, a, a clean and uncluttered page, but still giving the visitor the right amount of information, the crucial information that they need to know where to go on your site, to make a decision, uh, to contact you or to read more or to dig into your services. Um, and, and that's kind of, that's kind of what we're aiming for with tech site builder. So if, if you, uh, have a website that is, isn't working for you or you, you, you can't find the time to update it, or you just think it's outdated, um, or you don't have a website, then definitely check out Tech Site Builder. Head on over to techsitebuilder.com. Uh, there's a 30 back, 30 day, uh, no risk money back guarantee, so that you um, can try it out. And if if it works for you, then you could keep using it. If not, let us know. Uh, we'll refund your money, and then you can, um, you know, use something else that works better for you. Uh, I'm not. I'm never going to say the Tech Site Builder is right for everybody. But I do believe it's it's right for most people, <laughs> and it's a uh, uh, it's it's a good uh, good way to to get uh, get a great website going. So check that out, TechSiteBuilder.com. All right. So the feature topic today is going to be just kind of Paco and I talking about some of the uh, Facebook posts that are in the Computer Business Marketing Group. Uh, if you're not in the Computer Business Marketing Group, you got to get in there. Uh, there's so many great conversations going on and it's just cool to see other people posting stuff like they're trying this or they're trying that, or, Hey, here's a Facebook post. Um, I, I put up, what do you think? Or here's a billboard that I'm putting up. What do you think? Or what do you guys think about, you know, my business card or whatever. It's a great way to just ask, you know, hundreds, we're almost at a thousand now. So almost a thousand computer business owners, uh, what, uh, you know, what they think of your marketing problems and, and the collective group can hopefully point you in the right direction. So, uh, you can check that out at, uh, techsitebuilder.com slash group, or just search computer business marketing in Facebook and you'll find it there. So, uh, let's see one of the, um, one of the posts here from, uh, Cormac, uh, he's asking, uh, is it worth putting a short video on your website? And then he goes on to say there's a restaurant that's up for a digital marketing award for best website in his in his area. And what he loves about it is that it, they put a quirky video on their website. Um, and it's a restaurant uh, and the video is kind of, you know, it's got cool music and and it's, you know, it's very professionally done. Um, and so he's he's asking folks, is it worth doing that? Um, and uh, what, what do you think about that? Uh, Paco about putting a video on your, on your website and maybe what the video should be have in it. So I'm actually trying to watch the video now, <laughs> but, um, but I think I've always been back and forth on it. I think it helps sometimes. I mean, since everyone is kind of a visual person, obviously photos and video and everything like that's getting um, pushed a lot more uh, as far as having it on your website. I don't know if that's something because a lot of people are going to be on mobile, right? And, now, if there's a way that you can get the video to play without audio, because I, there was a study that was saying that videos usually watch without audio. I don't know how many percentage of the time because they're either traveling or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, if there's some real cool way to do it that way, it may be beneficial. Um, you know, some would say not doing it on autoplay. Some people say do it on autoplay. I mean, there's so many variations and flavors that you can do this. Um, but specifically on your website, on your homepage, that's something that could be explored, especially if you want to grab someone's attention to just tell them who you are really quick. Um, that may be a route to go, um, especially if it is if you have a particular niche that you follow 
that may be the opportunity to just talk about it in the video so that whoever's looking for possibly what you're advertising on, that'll give them a better option for them to contact you. Yeah, I think, you know, video is something worth exploring. Um, I think it shouldn't be the main focal point of of most home pages um, because of, you know, like you said, especially with mobile. I'm actually, I, I prefer that you hide the video on mobile if you know how to do that. And if you're a tech site builder user, I can, I can you know, contact support and we'll show you how to do that. But um, because with videos, especially videos on websites, they're being embedded usually from another service like YouTube or Vimeo or something like that. And the way it's embedded, it's really hard for it to adjust its, its, its size depending on your screen width. So a lot of times what happens, and this actually happens with the uh, with the video that he mentioned in that website, when I, I was on the mobile phone at the time and I opened it up and it, it got cut off. So I was only seeing half of the video as it was playing uh, because it didn't adjust on mobile properly. Um, and that's a huge issue. So for, you know, just keep that in mind for mobile, you probably just want to hide the video um, and then have it only show, you know, when people are visiting on desktop and then um on, on desktop, I again, I wouldn't make it the, the first thing people see. I would put it a little bit further down the page um, because people a lot of times aren't visiting your website to watch a video. They're visiting your website because they need help with a computer problem or they, you know, they got referred to you and they're in a hurry and they just want to get some information. So, you know, usually the first things I recommend you have on your website is a quick blurb about what your business does uh, and who you service, what kind of clients you service. And then um, a quick way to contact you, either a button or a contact form or a phone number, and then uh, some way for them to find out more, whether that's a button or, you know, a little block of text or whatever. And then maybe further down the homepage or on your about page or something like that, you can put a video. And the, the videos I like most, especially for computer repair shops or videos where the owner or the main technician is talking, saying, hey, welcome to our, our store. This, we do this. We do this. We help you here. We help you there. Um, you can, you know, have it professionally done. You can cut away to different things as you're talking, but, uh, I really recommend if at all possible that you as the owner of the business are the one talking in the video to kind of establish that, uh, that personal connection. Um, but the, the best way to use video is in social media. So, uh, you know, take that video and put it in Facebook, uh, make it a, make it an ad, uh, and, and get it out there so people can watch it and see it. Um, and, uh, you know, get it on YouTube, share it in your newsletter, put it on your blog posts. And that's, that's where it's really going to be effective as a way of introducing your business to new people, um, and getting their attention and, and let, getting, letting them get to know you. Um, and that way, you know, those services like Facebook and YouTube will adjust your video and make it look good no matter what, you know, device they're looking on. Um, so that's definitely a great place to put it. Yeah. One other thing too is, um, depending on how the video is uh, embedded, it will oftentimes uh, bring out the default phone's video player. So if it mm. does that, it's bringing you away from the website anyway. When you click done, you're hoping it brings it back to where it was on the site, but sometimes they may, in the middle of them watching so much content everywhere else, done if they're in the middle of something, if they forget, they onto something else. Right. Yeah, the worst thing that can happen is the video is intrusive and it blocks them from doing what they really want to do. Uh, uh, or, you know, and, and also on mobile, it, it can make the whole thing load slowly. Um, 
and prevent the page from loading quickly. And we don't want that either. So lots of things to think about. But in general, you know, videos are good. Uh, we just want to make sure we're using them in the right contexts. And we've had a couple episodes in the past uh, here on the show, um, you know, with the, the guys from Viral Ideas uh, were on twice and they talked a lot about video marketing and stuff. A lot of good tips about not only, you know, how to market the videos, but also what to put in the videos and how to make them engaging and uh, make them, you know, make people want to press play to, to watch those videos. All right. Uh, so Sergey asked um, or talked about how he's going to redesign his business card and he was asking for some ideas. His current ones were made about 10, uh, a few years ago in about 10 minutes on Vistaprint and had some, co and uh, he had some comments on how unprofessional they look. Yikes. I definitely don't want that. Um, so he asked, would you recommend putting one's mug as in picture on the card? How about content information, contact information like phone and website or email as well? Double-sided or single-sided, et cetera, et cetera. Paco, what, what are your thoughts on business cards these days? I think they're still needed, um, especially a lot of people tend to get spammed a lot on either email or with LinkedIn connections. Obviously, everyone says that LinkedIn is like the new resume 2.0. It's the new business card 2.0. But oftentimes that business card, although sometimes it does get lost, you know, every so often, I find that it's still in the nature of networking to have business cards. Uh, it's just easier to get your information over. You're not bothering the other person to pull out their phone to try and find their contacts so they can connect with you. And it's just a, it's just easier for, at least in my opinion, to just pull out your business card. Hey, here you go and go from there. So, you know, when I moved offices, I, thought about the same thing, even just using my old stuff. But we moved addresses. The back was done by our previous graphic designer. We needed an update. So having all that up and just having like a tagline and something like that on it just worked out for us. Um, I will say that if you are a solo business, it's going to be better to have your face on it or some type of personable something because from what I've seen anytime you have, you know, you can identify with the business. It gives a better uh, reflection of the business to the customer. And then they know that they're talking to someone they can rely on directly. Um, and I think Jeff Hallish talked about the story where he had a, I think it was like an auto mechanic that it was the guy who was in the front of the website. It was the guy in front of his business card. It was the guy on the commercial picking up the phone and that's why he went to him because he knew he could talk to him. He never really talked to him specifically, but he saw him at the shop and everything like that. They did a rebranding. I don't know how many years later, and they took him off as kind of like the face of the brand. And he felt that it was like a disservice to the brand because that owner had did so much to make it the homegrown brand that it is by himself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Um, Put your, put your image on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, because, you know, especially if you're like at a networking event where you're giving, people are getting lots of cards at the event. And then by the time they get home, maybe probably the next day or a couple of days later, they go through all the business cards. They're not going to remember who half the people are. And, you know, when they see your face, they're like, oh yeah, that was that guy and, and, uh, or gal. And, uh, and that will, um, that'll go a long way in helping them remember you. Another tip I've heard is um, to leave one side blank so that every time you pass out your card to someone, you write something on the back, um, like, you know, saying, hey, here's, you know, a, a coupon code, or, hey, this is the service we talked about, or just a, a quick reminder about what you guys talked about, 
or um, just you know a quick little greeting that you can write in real time in person before you hand it to them um, as a way for them to really remember you and remember you know the conversation you had that prompted giving the business card because that's kind of one of the worst things right is you come home with a bunch of business cards and you you just don't remember what why you have these business cards or who these people are or, or what you're supposed to follow up on. Um, so so that's a cool um, that's a cool thing to keep in mind. You know, personally, I like very um, very uh, clean and um, uncluttered business cards. I I don't think you have to list like your full service list on there. I don't think you have to go into a bunch of details. Just, you know, what your business name is, maybe a quick sentence or tagline about what you do. Um, if you have a storefront, your address. If not, don't put your address. If you uh, have a website, put your website. If you don't, don't. Um, phone number and email address. But yeah, put all those contact points, right? Because, uh, you know, people like to contact you in different ways. They might not have their phone handy or they might not be in front of a, a computer, so, you know, depending on where they are at the time that they want to call, contact you, um, they have that information handy. Yeah. And, and as you're being clever with your business cards, I personally hate the ones that are like the short, small, like tile ones. And like when you're trying to stack uh, all the business cards together, those are the ones that like are loose or they're like <laughs> uncomfortable. So I yeah. tend to like just talk, you know, just end up tossing them because it doesn't fit with the pile. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. I mean, you can get creative where it's the same length, but if you're doing these oblong type deals and just trying to get fancy, I end up just tossing them because I can never put my cards yeah, together. You want it to right like away. fit in your wallet or something, right? Um, right. So you can, you can carry it around easily and then take it home and put it somewhere. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's some people I've seen like uh, metallic business cards and, business cards that like fold out and stuff and silk business cards. Yeah. I mean, okay, cool. <laughs> but, uh, it costs a lot of money, first of all, to get those made. And is the return on investment on that really gonna, gonna be worth it? I would, I would instead focus on making an impression when you meet the person, uh, and really, you know, connecting with them and, and getting them to, to like, and trust you. And then that would be reason for them to contact you. Um, the only way I can see those kind of cool different business cards working is if you're just throwing out your business cards to a bunch of people that you haven't really met and that you're not going to talk to that, that are just going to get your business card maybe in the mail or in a gift bag or something. So they're never actually going to see you. That might be a good way to make kind of an impression on someone. Um, but otherwise, uh, I just like the simple traditional business card. Actually, I have like I have mine for Alador here. I don't know if it's, that's going to show backwards. No, it's not. straight. Um, but it's just, you know, logo, my name, phone number, email address, website, and then just a little quick tagline. So they know kind of what we do and, um, and how we can help them. And then there is some extra space around there to write, you know, some notes or something if they want to. So, you know, I don't really rely on it too much and I, I just did it quickly, <laughs> but, uh, it, um, I think it works and I think it fits the brand and, and it gets the point across. I like what um, Patrick Palmer said. He said um, he's, he's a big proponent of, of, you know, working with local companies. So if you, if you can work with like a local print shop to print out your business cards, that's a great way to start a relationship, especially if you have a storefront um, and you're kind of, you know, really embedded in your community. Uh, that's a great way to, especially a print shop is a great relationship to have because they get clients coming in all the time and, you know, 
um, that they probably get questions that are related to might be related to computer issues. Um, and uh, I know like there's there's people out there who you know use print shops as like a drop off point for for computers if they don't have a storefront if they just work from home. So that's a great idea. Find a local shop to work with to get those printed, uh, and uh, it's cool. One one thing I ha- I had heard as a tip when using business cards and passing them out is fold a corner of your business card when giving it to them. Mm. For some reason, people remember that. So I, I forgot where I heard that from, but that's a tip for uh, to try and stand out from all these other business cards. And I love I love this post. There's a lot of great um, great examples that people posted. Uh, pictures of their business cards and um, and uh, yeah, just to get, kind of give you give you some ideas and uh, and you can get some inspiration. Very cool. So cool. So uh, I think that's good. Um, that's a good point to wrap it up. So again, you know, join us in the Facebook group. Um, lots of uh, you know cool conversations we're having there, and a great place for you to ask questions and uh, get some good answers. So excellent. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Uh, Let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. Let us know in uh, the show notes over there. At the bottom of the show notes, there's a comments form. You can leave comments. Let us know what you think of the episode. Uh, And then, of course, uh, don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. Uh, Just, again, search for Computer Business Marketing in Facebook or request access to join the group. Um, it, well, what, when you request access to join the group, um, you'll be asked two easy questions. You know, what's your website? And uh, if you want to uh, sign up for the email list, and um, then uh, we know that you're really a, a business owner and we'll let you right into the group. And we can't wait to see you there. And if you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review. We'd love to hear your feedback and every comment helps so that the podcast can be found by others. And finally, don't forget to check out our sponsor for this episode, and that is Tech Site Builder. Thank you for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. This is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron. Saying here's to your success. <laughs>